All right, we're live. What's up? Welcome to Dudes Doing Movies, the best movie podcast ever conceived. It is. It really is. Shout out to our uh, lovely sponsor from Within Records. You. Um, uh, I don't really have anything to plug other than keep emailing us at Dudes Doing Movies at Gmail. Send us messages on the Instagram at Dudes Doing Movies. Keep them, keep them rolling on in. We got some emails, you know, some requests. We'll get around to them. We got to build up a little bit of a repertoire first. Yeah, we got a big backlog of good shit and shitty shit to get through first. Um, speaking of shitty shit, we are going to talk about a, an absolute fucking stinker today. Before we get into the the fucking dog shit movie that we both watched. Uh, I didn't really watch any trailers this week, but there's like details coming out about Tarantino's quote unquote last film called the movie critic. And apparently it's just about a movie critic and Jessica Chastain is the, the lead in it. So I'm excited for that. Is it supposed to be like, what is it? What's the vibe? Uh, details aren't really like out yet, but I mean, it's going to be a Tarantino movie, so I'm sure it's going to get insane and like somewhat convoluted and go real crazy. Yeah. What do you, are you, are you like a Tarantino head? Yeah. I've seen every Tarantino movie. I mean, do you, do you love every Tarantino movie though? I wouldn't say love. I mean, he's got like classic movies and he has a distinct style that really defines a lot of cinema in general. I mean, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, everything up to like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Django and Hateful Eight. Like, he doesn't have any duds, really. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm like down. I I, I used to kind of be like a, a bit of a Tarantino hater when I was younger. Um, but I've kind of come around on the movies that of his that I didn't like so much. And like, I do think some of his stuff is a bit overrated. My thing with a lot of Tarantino stuff is like so much of it is predicated on dialogue. Right. And like, so much of it is like, even like movies that are like action movies, like Pulp Fiction is essentially, I mean, I, I, I think Pulp Fiction is a great movie. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's the best movie in the world. And I think like what stops some of those movies from being like the best movie in the world is like, they're all predicated on like the crazy dialogue. Like, you know, these like really long kind of like scenes where it's just like tense and like people talking or it's like witty and it's like people talking, but like so much of the way he writes more so in like his earlier movies, I, I watch it and I'm like, yo, people don't fucking talk like this in real life, man. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of Tarantino dialogue, and I I love the earlier movies, but a lot of the dialogue in the earlier movies almost feels like family guy talk, where they're just talking ab- and about stuff that is off screen that you don't know about. Yeah, and it's then just you like maybe get introduced shit. to the character like later on. Yeah, non sequitur shit. And it's like, I like that. I like the build up to something and then the reveal happening, or like you, it's just a false lead in a way. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of all that shit and 
I thought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was good. So yeah. I'm I'm excited for the movie critic. Apparently his his last movie. Even though I think there's supposed to be like a a Kill Bill TV show. If I remember reading about that right, but that's been talked about for like fucking five or six years at this point. So we'll see if it actually happens. Yeah, I mean if he's involved, it could be cool. Yeah, um, it would be dope. I saw I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at the New Beverly Cinema, the the theater that he owns in LA. So that was pretty sick. Um did did he come out at all and like talk about the movie or no, no, it wasn't like that. It was it wasn't like a one night thing. It was like when the movie first came out and he was playing it there every night for like weeks. So I just thought I mean it's a really fucking cool old theater and um seeing it there was pretty badass. But I mean I uh I feel like he doesn't really have any terrible movies, but I, I do feel like some of his movies are like you know, they're like culturally iconic and stuff, and I feel like they're not quite some of them are not quite as good as people think of them as. Yeah, I mean I think Pulp Fiction's probably in my my top ten. Same with Reservoir Dogs. If I had to like really sit down and think about it, I'd probably include both of them in there. Yeah. But he he has a certain style and he's been doing it for uh probably close to 30 years at this point, over 30 years. And now I don't know. I, I hope it is his last movie. He's been talking about only doing 10 movies his whole career. So I feel like this is like this might be some psychotic ass like um Bernstein Bears, like Mandela effect or whatever. But wasn't there some, <laughs> wasn't there a thing at some point where he was supposed to do a Star Trek movie? Maybe. He's also supposed to do another movie with Leo, and then that didn't happen. But I guess the movie critic is going to be the the final film, supposedly. I mean, we'll see. He might pull like a James Cameron and just keep directing until he dies. So, yeah, apparently there was a Star Trek movie like in in the pipeline of his. That probably would have been awesome. Yeah, it would have been insane. It would have just been like. Spock saying fuck like a million times. <laughs> Are you a Star Trek head at all? I know you're a weird Star Wars hating ass dickhead, but do you fuck with Star Trek at all? So I, I grew up and my dad had like bootleg VHS tapes of a lot of the old like William Shatner era Star Trek stuff. So I watched the series, a yeah. fuck ton of that. And I saw some of like the next generation stuff. And I've seen some of the Star Trek movies, like the Shatner ones, yeah, and the yeah. the newer ones, but I, I wouldn't say I'm like a Star Trek head. I'm a casual casual Star Trek fan. Fair enough, dude. Trek goes in, bro. Yeah, it's awesome. Real I, nerd I shit. Love, I love the original series. Everyone's always saying like the '90s shit, Next Generation is like the best with like <clears throat> with fucking uh, Captain Picard and stuff. But I feel like I like the campiness of the uh, of the original series better. I wanted to watch the the newer series that started. I think it started over COVID or like in 2019. But I heard it's like a flaming pile of shit. Is it the cartoon? So I just never. No, it's a, a a live action one. Like Picard's back in it. Oh, is it the show but, Picard? Yeah, yeah. Man. I heard it's a pile of dog shit. So I just stayed away. He's just old as fuck now, bro. He's gotten his bag time and time again. Yeah, he. I mean, he's the shit. 
he's fucking Picard and he's fucking Professor X. So like he's kind of a legend for for that. Yeah, I I don't know. Star Trek is dope. The move the first two movies are dope. Wrath of Khan is actually like pretty fun. Dude, Wrath of Khan is an insane good movie. So fucking sick. The the newer like oh, remake one is dope too. I've I've never actually seen any of those movies, but I've always wanted to, just out of curiosity. I've heard they're like pretty good. Yeah, Chris Pine is awesome in it. Yeah, maybe I need to watch maybe I need to watch those. But I mean Wrath of Khan is like in an it, literally like an amazing, amazing fucking movie. The what's what's the one where they have to go back in time and save the whales? Is that the fourth one? Um I don't know. Wrath of Khan is the one where Spock dies at the end and it's it's so fucked up. Yeah. And then uh, I think it is the fourth one because the third one is them. Isn't it another Khan movie? I can't remember exactly. Maybe. But the, the fourth I one, I think, is the one where they got to fucking Khan. go back in time and find find the whales. And it's like they end up in like 1970s San Francisco. I feel like that I, I'm pretty sure that's just an episode of Star Trek original series. I could be wrong. Is though. it? I could. All right. We're I, who, who knows? We're, we're getting in the weeds. We're very much in the weeds right now. But uh, <laughs> uh, so we uh, speaking of sci-fi and uh, camp. You want to lead off what we watched? Uh, we watched Dark City. Dude, what an absolute piece of shit this fucking movie is. I didn't want to go into this movie being a total hater, but. What the moment the movie ended, I I stood up. Yeah, I was just like, what did I watch? What was the point of this? Yo, it's it's crazy because for whatever reason, dude, people think that that movie is like amazing, and it doesn't. And I've watched it so many times over the years, trying to like see what other people see in it because in theory, like, it should be it should be my shit, you know, like. I do love fucking like noir and I love sci-fi and shit. And it's just like, it should be that it should be my absolute shit. But, uh, I don't know, man. It, it, it just like every time I watch it, it never clicks for me. And I always end up finding something that I hate even more, like some little detail that pisses me off more than the last time I watched it, you know? Did you think the movie kind of looked like the Miss Murder music video? It looks worse, dude. It literally, it literally <laughs> looks like a low budget knockoff, dude. What'd you, what'd you give it on crate or uh, crate letterbox? First of all, brother, I am. Not I'm losing it. I am not on crate. Do not put that fucking evil on me, brother. Um, dude. Oh God, this sinus infection's got me fucked up. What's what letterbox? <laughs> I, gave it, I gave it one star. You gave it one? Even then, I feel like I was being generous. I shouldn't. I, sh- I wish I could give it zero. I gave it two because there was there's ideas in the movie that are cool, and there are cool set pieces and designs, but then, then like the movie doesn't follow up on the logic that it set it lays out. So then the ideas that it starts off with are null and void because then the twist is revealed and you're like, okay, dude, I almost, what's the point of this? 
I almost feel like it's worse when it's when there's like just a slight glimmer of of potential there because it like makes me hate it more because it's just like all right clearly like you're capable of doing something like right you know what I mean clearly like you can do it and you just didn't you know what I mean I would have felt better about giving this movie a higher rating if it was an indie film I mean but the fact that it was like a new line cinemas release and like was a, a huge kind of like success at the time not a huge success but was a success at the time like it makes me look at it differently because it it literally gives the viewer the viewer gets nothing from the movie i felt like well, let's let's backtrack. Let's let's give it a little let's give it a little context. Um, for those that don't know, Dark City came out in 1998. Um, it's a sci-fi like noir movie, and it's directed by the guy who directed like I Robot and The Crow. Um, I also hate the fucking crow. Like I despise the crow, but I know you like the crow, right? Yeah, the crow's awesome, but I mean. It's probably if I saw it now, I'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" But because I've watched it since I was a child, it's a nostalgia movie. Fair, that's fair. Um, but the movie, so the movie, in a lot of ways, for people who aren't familiar, you, you need to see it for yourself. But it, it it follows a very similar trajectory as The Matrix, plot wise, and. It was actually filmed on a lot of the same set, like pieces as the Matrix. Um, and it was apparently filmed at a very similar time. I mean, the Matrix Dark City came out in 1998, and the Matrix came out what? The Matrix came out in 1999, so a year apart. It's also like color graded, like exactly the same. Like it's a lot of the same, like green and like basically with Dark City. It's like the it's essentially the same plot as the Matrix, except in the Matrix, like humans are kept in a simulation by robots because the robots need them for sustenance. And in Dark City, humans are kept in a simulation by these like weird aliens and they're kept there for the purpose of aliens studying them so that they can learn about the human soul because they want to be they're like all there there's no individuality in the aliens and they want to learn what makes humans individual so it's like to me that's like a way stupider premise than it's like wait so you mentioned that that the aliens are like studying the soul but then there's like some lines thrown in at the end of the movie i mean i i'm not sorry about spoilers this movie is almost 40 years old at this point but yeah, we're, we're never sorry about spoilers there's always going to be spoilers yeah. on the podcast we've established that go ahead they they mentioned that murdoch was like the key to saving the strangers which is the name of the aliens but they don't say from what i mean they're just like... they don't <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't make sense it's just like things just happen but but to finish like the context so there's this whole like weird like population of like sci-fi fans and like the internet that 
is really adamant that the matrix is like a ripoff of this movie and that this is like a superior take on like the same themes as the matrix and that this is like some like unheralded sci-fi classic that's like slept on and it's just like so that's like why i've tried so hard to watch this movie so many times over the years and it just fucks me up like how could anybody think this dude I mean, like, Dark City director's the... cut. Dark City director's cut on Prime Video. The critically acclaimed triumph from visionary director. Blah 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 blah. It has, it's four and a half stars. It has a three point seven on Letterboxd. That's crazy. That's like obscene. So I mean, it kind of. I I think like if you sit back and look at this movie and a, a lens as to what was going on in like the mid to late nineties in America, at least you can see why all of these movies come out where it's like people kind of experiencing like, uh, like a, a Neo character or a savior character or a Murdoch from this movie. And like Kevin Spacey's character in American beauty, where like life is like fine enough, nothing's going wrong, but like, I want to be, a savior of sorts. I feel like that is kind of the vibe for dark city too, but it doesn't, it doesn't justify anything in the movie. Like with Neo, at least you get good, a good character who has a good backstory and you get a good plot with it. And it's weird that a lot of the, the same set pieces like Murdoch escaping the hotel is almost the same exact thing as Neo escaping the office in the, in the matrix. But in the Matrix, you see it done extremely well, and then this movie, you see it done kind of like bare bones, like there's nothing to it, and it's it also looks like shit because of the gradient. Dude, it looks so bad, and like visually, how bad this movie looks is like actually astounding. But before before we get into that, I want to say like also like. Neo being stuck Neo being stuck in like this like nine to five corporate hell and looking for like an escape from that is like such a better it's like such a better metaphor than like in this movie where the guy is Murdoch is just like he it's like they're talking about how like he's he's like oh, I'm in this I know I'm in this everything seems weird I'm in this simulation like what like I don't know it's just like it doesn't have the same kind of gravity where like Neo, they give the reason why he's like depressed and feels like weird and alienated. And it's like, he's stuck in this like weird nine to five corporate hell where his life has no meaning. And this guy's just like, they don't really say, he, they, they don't really give any reason for the character to feel the way he does. You know what I mean? Neo is a more relatable character off the, off the bat. I mean, Murdoch, I, another thing too, in this movie is like, Murdoch doesn't really speak in this movie. He doesn't really, like, do much of anything. He just kind of, like, stumbles through things, which, like, is also similar to The Matrix, but by the end of the, the first Matrix movie, you see Neo as part of, like, this group that's ready to take back humanity and you want to see them succeed and all this other shit. But in, like, then you get to the end of Dark City and you're like, Murdoch did nothing for anybody but himself and jennifer codley yeah literally like based on like what I, my interpretation of the ending is is 
everyone else is fucking dead but him and Jennifer Conley. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the whole yeah, the whole thing of him just like I need to find this beach. Like I, it was just like stupid. It was just so dumb. And like, yeah, he gets all this power and he has the ability to like, you know, transform the world into whatever at the end of the movie. And what is it? He just like, I'm going to make this beach like, oh, okay. It's just like, it's the just beaches. Stupid. What's I, I don't, I didn't really get what like the symbolism of the beach was supposed to be too. Like, is it supposed to be freedom, happiness? I, I don't like, really know. I didn't, I didn't really understand the significance of it and like what Murdoch's objective is. And then like, so a, a the big thing in this movie is Murdoch has this ability called tuning in which he can shape reality around him, kind of similar to what Neo can do in the Matrix. But the way that the tuning works in this movie, for Murdoch at least, it just seems like he like does it on accident every time. He doesn't even want to do it. It just kind of happens. And then yeah. he like gets away from the strangers. It's like a weird reflex, which is like, that's that's not it's like a weird reflex until the the weird insanely um anticlimactic uh final battle between him and one of the strangers and every time he does it like it shoots out these little wave special effects waves out of his brain they like look like the the 90s fox x-men cartoon <laughs> when, when fucking professor xavier or gene gray or whoever has psychic powers like touches their head and it goes like and there's like weird fucking like waves of energy coming out of their face like it looks like that except it's not a 90s animated children's cartoon it's like a big budget live action movie but it just looks so stupid it just looks bad i want to talk about the strangers really quick uh the strangers look like a cross between the gentleman from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't know if you've seen that episode, the like floating guys who kill people, but they right. don't talk and they silence everything around them. Pretty good episode. Pretty cool villains. It's like a monster of the week villain. But uh, they look like a cross between the gentleman from Buffy and the Cenobites from Hellraiser. It's Wearing like- all weather, but like being bald too and like kind of like fleshy looking almost. They're not scary. They just look stupid. They they look stupid, and they make like this like slurping noise sometimes, where they just be like they'll they'll just be like, yeah, it's like a weird chin. <laughs> it's so weird, dude. Like, I didn't understand why, and I thought that we would get some <laughs> some backstory as to why they're making this noise in the movie. You don't you don't get that. You don't get that at all. They just make this noise, and you just got to deal with it. They give them them no backstory, whatever. And then, like, at one point, they do mention that, like, those, like, at the end, he, like, kills, when when Murdoch kills the last, the, like, the final boss of them, and then he, like, you see, like, his little alien form come out. I think that's, that's what they're actually, what they are. And at one point, they mention that they're, those, like, alien guys are animating, like, corpses, and that's how they get their, like, bodily form. So those guys are just like corpses that are animated by like used as like corporal hosts by those like weird, like little worm aliens, but they don't really ever talk about it again. And the worm aliens are 
lame looking. It's just like a little CGI orange worm, you know? They look like Flubber. Yeah, they literally look like Flubber. It's incredibly stupid. But and like Flubber has better CGI than this movie. So oh, so so much better CGI. Yeah, that's like another thing is like I've talked about how like <laughs> I've talked about how there's some movies that don't really give you a lot of backstory in a good way, like Alien or the thing. They set you up with what you need to know. And then the rest of the movie is enjoyable and stands on its own without this. This movie is not that. This movie is like all predicated on all this shit that should we should have backstory on it. And the only really backstory we get at all is there's a scene where Kiefer Sutherland, who that character is so unbelievably annoying. We'll get into that. We'll get yeah, into that. That stupid fucking character. Kiefer Sutherland and um and Murdoch and the cop are on like a rowboat and the Kiefer Sutherland is just like in that moment is just like it's so like ham fisted, dude. He's just expedition. expedition yeah, yeah. It's uh, like they fucking, don't. He's just dumping out expository dialogue, just being like, "This is what happened with the aliens," and then the aliens came, and then everybody died, and then they used people's dead bodies as hosts for yeah. whatever nefarious things they do. They don't. Yeah, they don't like give you the backstory in any sort of way that's like tactful or smart. It, it's just just like. They're on the boat and they're like, all right, Kiefer, so, all right, doctor, tell us, tell us what's going on. And then he just explains all the backstory poorly. It's very haphazard. And then also like the most important thing of all, once the doctor's like, oh, we're, we're in this simulation, the aliens came here and, and like, this is what they're doing. Like they're keeping us in the simulation. The most important detail of all would be okay, well, where, what were humans doing prior to being in the simulation? Like, where did we come from? And the guy asks that he literally is like, okay, where do we come from prior to this? And Kiefer Sutherland is just like, oh, I don't really know. And then that's it. They don't ever like talk about it ever again. The, the strangers kind of just let Kiefer Sutherland's character exist because he helps them do. I don't even know these, like he has like the syringe that he injects people with, I guess, to, to like to, figure out like, what the soul is. Yeah, they they like imprint different memories on them to like observe how they exist, and they like shuffle people's memories around to like see how like there's like the the way they show that is like there's like the family that's like the really poor like white trash family, and then when they freeze time and like rearrange the city, they like imprint them with new memories, and then they and like alter their apartment and then they wake up and they're like rich people but that it's like so Kiefer Sutherland's whole role I guess is like he's just like ah, I figured out the science on how to uh create memories to inject into people and it's just like okay how like what dude that doesn't that's just like that's just this like insane like suspension of disbelief to the point where like they just give us these things and don't explain them in any way and expect us just to be like Okay, that's fine. And it's just like dumb shit, you know? In most like sci-fi and horror movies, I'm down to suspend my belief and figure out like leave it up to the imagination of this is just how things work in this movie, for example. Like Blade Runner, a movie that this rips off big time. Uh you know, you got to suspend a lot of disbelief for a bunch of shit, but I think Blade Runner also gives you enough to work with where you can get to a conclusion that makes sense in the movie in dark city. You don't, you don't get that. 
they just say like oh yeah we have this and we can do this and now this is the thing that we can do and you're like okay but why yeah blade runner is also attacked three things that that are great about blade runner one really cool characters this movie has the stupidest the stupidest most unlikable characters ever two really incredible movie visually this is this visual pile of shit. This movie is a visual fucking stinker. It's a turd. And three, Blade Runner, it doesn't hold your hand through things. They they set things up and then they like kind of let you as the viewer figure it out. And then you're like, ah, I see. That's really cool. This movie holds your fucking hand through everything. But also, it's, they don't give you anything to figure things out. They just spoon feed you shit like you're an idiot. But then also they just leave giant important things out completely like i said you know they show at one point they like zoom out because they like reach the end of the world and they like break this wall open where it's supposed to go to the beach that they're trying to reach and on the other side is just like outer space and then they fucking zoom out and it's just like the world is just this like city floating through space on like a petri dish kind of and it's just like they never talk. Okay, the aliens came here and then all the humans died. Okay, and this is an, a simulation that the aliens have created. Okay, if the aliens created this, then why were there humans here first? And where where did they come from? And how did they get here? And when the guy who is expounding on all the fucking dialogue, telling us how how everything came to be, when he's asked that massively important question, just goes, "Oh, I don't know. They never told me that. I don't know." And it's just like, dude, that doesn't feel to me like being vague for the sense of like for the purpose of being vague or like you know being open-ended that just feels like weird lazy ass writing the writing is extremely lazy and we gotta talk about Kiefer Sutherland's character I mean holy fuck every every time he talked I was almost in tears dude I don't know what the direction was that they gave him for this character I don't know I, I don't know because he literally talks like the kid from Malcolm in the Middle that's in the wheelchair. I think his name is Stevie. Stevie, yeah. He's literally just like, the aliens, they came. And then people got put in the simulation. <laughs> like, <laughs> also at the beginning, God, at, at the beginning, he like kind of has this like vaguely European, sometimes like Igor, like Franken, Professor Frankenstein's assistant type accent and then that just goes away completely and then like there's several times through throughout the movie like in particular uh the scene when he's in the water in like the hot tub and the aliens confront him and he he, his like whole weird accent is just completely gone and he's not doing the weird like like the like labored breathing thing like Dude, this man can't get through a sentence without like gasping for air when he's like standing around normally. But when he's like panicked, treading water, he can like speak through sentences very fluently. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Was That's he supposed moronic. to be a stranger? What's that? I didn't pick up. Was he supposed to be a stranger? Because I didn't pick up if he was or wasn't. I was I... just so confused at the direction that they gave this character and the way that he acts through it. I I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the dialogue and the way that he was acting in this movie because it, it felt like a joke. Like he wasn't taking the movie seriously. Yeah, it was dumb. I mean, I don't blame him. I, it's like, 
I don't know. Everybody, ever, all the actors in this movie act like they have a hernia. They're all like, nobody is like, it's just like they all make are like wincing all the time. And they're all fucking like speaking. And like, I guess it's supposed to be like a noir thing, but it doesn't come off as noir at all. It just comes off as like, everyone is just like, they all act like they're in extreme physical pain and they're trying to hide it while they're acting. Literally. It seems like everybody in the movie has problems. It's That's it's, the best way to put it. It's crazy, man. And like the writing, the acting is bad. The writing is bad. Also, like the, the, the another thing in the writing that that like irked me is like I said, like they spoon feed you everything. Like there's so much beyond just that boat scene. The whole movie has so much annoying exposition that just doesn't need to happen. That's like insulting to the intelligence of the person watching the movie. And one that really like stuck out to me and made me laugh was like when he wakes up it, with the body of the of the murdered girl, which we don't even need to get into like what an insanely played out trope that is. That's like the most fucking played out like beginning of the movie guy wakes up in like a dingy bathroom with like a dead body. And he's like, whoa, how did this happen? I don't remember what happened. I didn't kill this girl. I don't, you know what I mean? It's just like, bro. It's so it's so played out. But when he's leaving, another wait, wait, wait. Before you before you continue, not to interrupt, but then you see a movie like Memento take that same idea and do it well. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like you see the same general concept that's executed in Dark City that it, it fails. It doesn't deliver any sort of mystique or mystery. And like two years or three years later, you get Memento, and you're like, oh, holy shit, this is how you do that kind of shit. Yeah. But uh, when he's leaving the hotel and the hotel guy's like, you know, you owe money. You've been here for three weeks. And and he's like, what? I've been here for three weeks. Like, clearly he doesn't realize. Clearly he doesn't know he was there that long. Like, he did not need that exposition. He didn't need to say that. It's just like bad writing. You know what I mean? I mean, I wonder if just in the 90s, it was kind of like, oh, man, this guy's been living at this hotel for three weeks, I guess. Guess we should let him know that he has a bill coming up. Dude. It's just and so easy going. The movie's like immediately stupid too. It's like, I guess there's like like right out of the gate, it's dumb. Like it's the it's the you get hit with the trope that's like so played out. And then there's like like I said before, like some of the like shit is so ham fisted and it's just like not subtle or tactile at all. Like as he's leaving, he knocks over the goldfish glass and it like falls over and breaks and i like took that as like some weird like symbolism like foreshadowing like the people are being like kept in this like weird glass bubble as some sort of like experiment and this dude is about to like break out from it it's just like this is just like idiotic third grade symbolism you know what i mean like it's not smart it's just stupid i should have watched the movie again knowing what the, the twist is, but I couldn't have been bothered to watch it a second time because the movie gives you, as the viewer, nothing. The movie gives you absolutely nothing to work with, and then it just kind of ends. And anyone that sees this movie as a sci-fi cult classic in any sort of way, I don't know, man. You need help. It's crazy. I mean, we haven't even really talked about... We haven't even really started to talk about the mo- how what a stinker it is visually, too. And like we gotta talk about the editing. The editing for this movie is fucked up. It's insane. The that was for one this of the, movie is so fucked up. That was one of the things I texted you about when when we were when you started watching it too. Like, dude, 
There's not a single cut in this movie that lasts as long as it should. Nothing, nothing is allowed to have any time to breathe. Anytime somebody says anything or does anything, like by the time, the second that the line of dialogue is done, it's already like cut to the next person talking or like cut to the next scene or the next thing happening. It's so crazy. Like it feels like they tried to compact way too much movie into like such a short amount of time. And instead of being like, damn, maybe we should trim the fat on the writing and try to like make this make more sense. They were just like, fuck it. Just, we'll just fix it in editing and we'll just cut the movie in a way where like, it's just like so like the dialogue just beats you over the head. There's no space between people talking. People don't have time. Do you watch, you watch Seinfeld, right? Yeah. Okay. Have you ever noticed when you watch Seinfeld? I know it's like a thing people talk about all the time. Anytime there's a scene where Jerry Seinfeld is on the phone, he's like, hello. Hey, yeah, it's Jerry. Sure. Yeah. I can come down there. Oh my gosh. Like there's not enough time for the person on the other end of the phone to be like actually responding and like him hearing what they're saying and like, like processing it and like reacting. That's like how the like dialogue in this movie is. There's, there's scenes where it'll cut to like uh, another group of people or like the, the family that's poor and then wakes up rich. Like it'll literally be showing you that scene for maybe 20 seconds and it'll cut to something else and then it'll cut right back to that and it'll cut again and it'll cut again. And like, it, I'll be honest, I was kind of confused watching it at parts because it felt very jarring. Yeah. The cuts are insanely jarring and they don't give the viewer time to, to breathe and like take in the scene you don't get to experience the scene as like you should i want to make note of this too i watched the director's cut which is almost two hours long so it's two hours of fast cuts to things and then back and forth and back and forth (laughs) and it gets jarring after the first hour of that it gives you like whiplash dude yeah you're playing catch up with the fucking camera you can't even keep up with the plot with all that nonsense it's insane dude and it's not like it's an it's not like it's an easy plot it's so stupid and weighed down and like you have to be like hold on what like why is this happening right now (laughs) i was pretty confused i mean i'm i'm a stupid fella but like i had wikipedia open while i was watching the movie and like reading along with the plot as things were happening i would just be like when the fuck did this happen and again granted was watching the director's cut so things happen a little differently and play out a little differently but it's not that different and it do- the director's cut doesn't give you it doesn't give you enough to even warrant having that cut because if anything it seems like the first cut of the movie was sufficient enough it's like or the theatrical cut i should say it's i'm almost positive it's been a long time this time i did watch the director's cut and i've watched this movie a, a good handful of of times i'm pretty sure that the extra 10 minutes of footage that they added to the director's cut is mostly in the end. And it's like mostly the fight scene at the end where Murdoch and I think it's Mr. Hand, which the, the main alien being named Mr. Hand is hilarious. Cause all I can think of is either a, the fucking teacher from fast times at Ridgemont high <laughs> or B that guy who was like an, like a viral internet video, like urban legend guy who like, who had sex with a horse and died. Oh, Mr. Hands. Mr. Hands, yeah. Shout out Mr. Hands. Rest in peace. Rest in peace for real. But yeah, dude. It's it's like it's it this is the total package of dog shit. It's like 
bad writing, bad acting, unlikable characters. Like there's not a single good character. The cop is a dickhead and he's annoying. The, the, the fucking villains, the strangers are lame looking and they're really annoying and not cool. Murdoch, the main character, like you have no investment in him. You have no reason to care or, or, or root for him whatsoever. The girl, the love interest, who's like the only character that you could like be like, okay, I like her. I'm rocking with her. Like right out of the gate. They're like, oh yeah, she cheated on her husband a bunch. And he's like depressed about it. And like, and like whatever. And, and now he's seeing a psychiatrist and she ruined his life by cheating on him. It's like, damn, you just don't want us to like any of these fucking characters. Jennifer Connelly's character is definitely the only likable one. Beside one other character that is very likable in the movie is Uncle Carl. Yeah. Uh, he literally sounds like any of my relatives that are from New York and are also Jewish on my dad's side of the family literally talks exactly like them. So I had a great time whenever he was on, on screen, it was really making me laugh, but that's a, that's a, a Dan only kind of thing. Yeah. And like his character, <laughs> his character exists to tell Murdoch about shell beach and that's it. Dude. Enough, enough, it's like enough with the fucking beach, dude. Like the beach, the beach symbolism is so, and it's so heavy-handed. It's like everything is dark and gloomy and sad, and he and he wants to go to the beach where it's not dark. It's just like, dude. And so the beach represents like the escape, and it's just like, dude. Enough, man. Enough. It's like the the, the weird like. I don't know. And it just looks stupid. The movie just looks incredibly dumb. First of all, the title credits look like they're horrible. fucking Invader Zim or like Happy Tree Friends or some weird like everything. The whole vibe of the movie visually, it, it's supposed to be noir, but it's like not. It's like it's just like it's just rap metal. It's just like weird like like mall goth. You know what I mean? It looks like a Linkin Park mu music video. Yeah, literally like. And it's crazy to me, too, because I read a bunch of stuff about how this movie is color graded the same as The Matrix. And they filmed it on a lot of the same um, a lot of the same set pieces as The Matrix. And if you look up like there's a bunch of side by side pictures on the Internet of like the scenes from The Matrix and Dark City that were filmed on the same set pieces, which blows my mind because The Matrix manages to make those set pieces look so fucking good in this movie, like. They literally look like a soundstage from like a, a sitcom. It feels so fucking fake. Like it feels like a, I'm on like a ride, a shitty ride at like Disney World. You know what I mean? It just the the set. This is a positive. I'll give the movie some of the designs and set pieces do look cool. The CGI that they use is horrible. I mean, a lot of 90s CGI has not aged well. It didn't age like five years later, but I, I mean, like, there's a scene where he's fighting the strangers under this, like, billboard, and it looks cool. I think that scene generally looked pretty dope. But then you get the plot with it, and then you get the tuning shit, and then it just kind of, the set is, like, the scene is, like, ruined because then you have to think about all the extra shit that the movie wants you to think about, too. So you lose what looks like it, it's supposed to be a cool action scene. Then you sit down and think about it, and you're like, well, what was the fucking whole point of that whole fight? It's, it's just it's just insane, man. And another thing visually that made me laugh every time, this is my favorite fucking thing. 
every fucking movie it's 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 like 101 dude every fucking movie okay first of all we could get into a whole fucking thing about we could do an entire episode on superman and what like the influence of superman as a character has had on like the zeitgeist of like american pop culture and like storytelling i it's a whole thing but we don't need to get into that but the one thing i'll say is Every movie ever, every video game ever, every TV show ever, every comic book ever, when you depict somebody flying, you do some sort of Superman type pose. Even if he's yep. not, even if it's not sticking one fist out and like flying like that, like Superman does, you, you, there's some sort of it, like physics that you, you make it look like they're flying. Dude, the, when the aliens fly in this fucking movie, they literally just fucking stand. They stand straight up with their fucking arms kind of just out to their sides like a fucking NPC in a video game that didn't load correctly. And then they just fly around through the air like that. It literally looks like somebody fucking around on Gary's mod, bro. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. There's one scene in particular where it shows like three or four of them from the back, like flying away. Oh, from- when they're at their headquarters? I I, th- I feel like it's it's they're they're flying over like a canal like between some buildings like under a bridge, and they're like fly the cameras right behind them and they're like flying away from the camera and it's just like, dude, it looks so fucking stupid. It dude, looks- that's the shit that they took from Buffy the Vampire Slayer because that's what the gentlemen do. But the what the gentlemen do in Buffy is they kill noise around them, so there's no noise, so you can never hear them coming. And they creep up on someone, they murder them. Okay, that's a cool. The strangers are bad at killing people. They're horrible at it. God, dude, it's, uh, it's here's here's the main thing of the movie that fucking I'm still thinking about. It. I watched this movie almost a week ago, and I'm still thinking about it. The strangers have so many opportunities to apprehend Murdoch and like get the what his tuning abilities out of him. They can clearly tune everything around them at their own will. They do it all the time. But when Murdoch is on screen, it's like they forget they can do anything. They just kind of try to like hug him or like hold him rather than like you see them. You see them walk up to somebody and literally just go sleep. They do that numerous times throughout the movie. They do it to Murdoch at the end of the movie when they apprehend him for like the final fight. Why couldn't they do that before he figured out his powers? Like, well, it's funny. They have all this shit to get tried, to him, but they don't. They tried to do it to him at the beginning. They they like do they like do like sleep, and then he doesn't fall asleep, and they're all like kind of looking at each other, like oh shit. But then they just do it successfully later. It doesn't make any sense. The abilities of tuning to it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Obviously, the city isn't a real city, and it's a simulation. You're able to change it at will, but like. The stranger's powers should allow them to apprehend anybody at will to do whatever it is they need to do with them. They find the doctor every time they need to find him. And, like, they, there's no explanation as to why they can't apprehend Murdoch. They, always, they keep saying, like, oh, he has the ability to tune, too. But they never find any reason to, like, just stop him. They, he literally just like walks away from them and they're like, oh man, where'd Murdoch go? Yeah. 
then there's the whole bit with the police officer. And I thought the, pl- the, the plot twist was going to be that the police officer was a stranger leading Murdoch to them. No, he's just a guy. He's just some random fella. He just fucking dies for nothing. It's, things just happen for no reason, man. They, they, they like sow all these seeds everywhere of like subplots and things like Kiefer Sutherland making a comment about how like, oh, I hang out at this hot tub because the strangers are like, they, they, they fear water. And then it's just never talked about ever again. Like, it's just like, it's just like a thing. Like they could have worked that in somehow in like how they like beat the strangers at the end or something, or, or could have used that to like explain why they didn't want to include the beach in the city or something like that. But like, dude, he just says it. And then that's it. They never, it's just so much shit like that. The whole movie is just fucking crap like that. And then also they shoehorn in these like weird, like multiple like scenes of, I guess just to get like add to like the noir vibe, but it's so shoehorned in where uh, they just show Jennifer Connelly singing at like this dingy jazz club. She's like a jazz singer. But oh, like that, all those scenes were so bad. They had nothing to do with anything. It was just like cut away to her singing. Uh, and it's like a full song too. It's like a full musical number. And then it just like, it's just like, dude, what is going on, man? What is happening in this fucking movie? A cooler uh, here. I could, I could give you a cooler plot to this movie that could have been, they could have had Murdoch being a, a serial killer in the city. Who's estranged from his wife. The police officer links up with his wife to hunt down Murdoch. And then you get the shit with the strangers who are controlling Murdoch in the simulation. Yeah. And he's doing like all this shit, like torturing people to like study them and shit like that, which kind of would have ended up like seven, I guess. But I mean, it's just something that would have been more interesting to watch a big part of this movie. A lot of it is boring. A lot of scenes are boring nothing happens for so long yeah it's the pool scene i thought was going to be sick i thought the pool scene was going to be awesome and then you get Kiefer just talking normally for once in the pool while the stranger just like walks around him and then murdoch is in the background making a bunch of fucking noise dropping shit everywhere and no one thinks like hmm i should go check that out it's it, it is it is the shit is is horrendous man there's i mean the last thing really like we the really last thing to talk about too like the the shit cherry on top of the shit sunday is just like the ending doesn't give you any sort of resolution whatsoever like you talked about it earlier you touched on it and like you took one thing away from it that was stupid like where you said you felt like he just like killed everybody just so that he could make this beach I didn't even get that. I, I was what I was trying to figure out was does he know what happened? And he's like God now. Like at the end of the Matrix, how Neo's like, yeah, I'm the shit now. And he's like chilling in the Matrix, and where he's just like, I'm totally in control now and I'm fucking thriving here because I can do whatever the fuck I want. Is that his vibe? Like, does he know what happened? And he's just like blissfully stupid, like he knows who Jennifer Connolly is, or like did he lose his did like does he not know and now he's just like back in it, but like He's happy now because, like, he set it up in a way where he can exist happily and go to the fucking beach and see the sunlight. Like, it's just, like, stupid. It just doesn't make any sense. It's just bad writing and, like, nothing is explained. 
And if you're going to do the ending where it's like, we leave you with like, we leave this open for interpretation. You have to give us something to go off to formulate some sort of, you know, like some sort of something. I don't even know what the objective of what he was trying to accomplish or like, like we said, like, it's just, they don't give you enough to give you that sort of ending. It just feels lazy and stupid and like it's bad writing. Before we really dissect the ending, we got to talk about the quote-unquote fight scene at the end where they give the doctor who's been helping Murdoch the whole fucking time, they give the doctor the memories to inject into Murdoch to kind of, you know, subdue him and get his power from him. But then the doctor betrays the strangers and they're all like oh my god i can't believe that happened and then he just like breaks the ship essentially and everyone just kind of like dies yeah besides him and jennifer conley Kiefer dies randomly uh the strangers are falling into space like things are just breaking and destroying and then he just turns everything into a beach and you don't see any other, you don't see any other characters besides Murdoch and Jennifer Conley. So you're just sitting there. And my interpretation was he got rid of everybody else. He didn't want anyone else there. It's just, they're, they're free now. They can do whatever they want to do and they could have a relationship on this beach. God, man. But I, who knows if I'm right or wrong. I, I was trying to figure out like what the ending could mean. I was looking up, little things about the movie and apparently there's like plans for a dark city show that could show answers for what, what it all means. But like, it's like what are the answers? Days, brother. Yeah. The, the movie doesn't give you enough to, it doesn't give me enough to want to go and watch the TV show. In fact, I'll never, I, it could be a 10 out of 10 TV show. I'll never watch it because of how bad this movie was. I want to say, too, another positive. I think the idea of the fabricated memories being injected into people and their lives changing randomly is a very cool concept. But the execution is so bad in this movie, also in part due to the editing, because you're playing catch up, wondering what happened, because they never explicitly show you that their memories are changing. It's inferred after you get to that plot twist. Yeah. So you're left playing catch up with the camera, like, wait a minute, what's up with these people? Why are they like this? Which should lead to a bigger overall mystery and intrigue. And then you get to the next part, which is all the characters fucking suck. None of the characters are likable. You're not interested in any of them. You're bored half the time waiting for something to happen. What did you did you have? I mean, usually we we do like uh what was your favorite scene? I had a favorite scene. Okay. I had one that made me – I had to pause the movie and rewind it. I watched it three times. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. <laughs> so there's a scene where Murdoch is getting chased by a bunch of strangers, and he fucks up a couple of them, and he's hanging off of, like, this this windowsill. And then the child stranger that the whole time is just going – Yeah. Goes up and just bites him. It just bites his hand. And I thought something was going to come of that. But no, he just bites Murdoch. And I had to keep rewinding it because it kept making me laugh so hard because it was just so funny to just see this little kid bite this dude for no reason. God, man. Yeah, like I can shoot laser beams out of my head and like 
re reconstruct reality to my will and and like fly what's the best way to defeat this person i'm gonna bite his hand i'm gonna send the child alien to bite him on the hand it doesn't do anything the kid ends up fucking getting sucked out into the vacuum known as space so it doesn't it didn't even matter <laughs> god dude the one the i was one wondering uh not to cut you off but i was wondering what the deal was with the kid the whole time there's just nothing there. He's just a dead kid. Yeah. The one subplot that I liked, because there are so many fucking subplots in this movie, and they're all stupid. But the one thing in the, about this movie that I liked, the one subplot with, like, he wasn't even really a character that was expanded upon, but, like, the guy who went crazy because he figured out that it was a simulation, and then he basically was just, like, talking to Murdoch about it, and Murdoch, and then he was just, like, yeah, you know, I figured out it's a simulation, but it's all good because I found a way out. And then he just jumps in front of a train and kills himself. That part was cool. That was like the only part of the whole movie that I was like, okay, I get it. This storyline had a very clear arc with a reasonable conclusion. And I liked it. That was the only thing. So I'm going to say, I guess that was my favorite part. I don't even think they gave that character a name, did they? They might have. I don't remember. That's a yeah. This is a straight up uh, a two for me because the the child bite scene that gave me a one star, and the way that Kiefer talked throughout the whole movie was the second star because it made me laugh consistently. I I didn't want to go into this movie being like fuck this. This movie's a pile of shit. But, but like when a plot gets so convoluted and the movie is like kind of like dangling the carrot in front of you like come on don't you want to know what's happening don't you know where the plot is gonna go and then you get to the twist and you're like what the fuck was the point of this movie and then you see a year later you get the matrix which takes so many plot points and elements from this movie but gives it to the viewer in a way that is fucking sick you know yeah you get a very likable protagonist in neo you get a very insane villain and in, like Mr. Smith and all that shit and the Smiths. Yeah. I mean, also though, to say that this takes from that, the matrix takes anything from dark city is crazy. Like the people who say like, Oh, the matrix ripped off dark city clearly have no fucking concept of reality. The movies came out a year apart. What do people think that do people are under the impression? What that dark city came out. The Wachowskis went to see it, said, okay, we're going to rip that off and wrote and got a movie picked up and produced and filmed and released within a year. Like what? That doesn't like, that's idiotic. That's like, that is like profoundly idiotic. And to the people that think that the matrix is a dark city ripoff. What movie has had numerous successful uh, a successful franchise, numerous sequels, animated spinoffs, and then now a brand new movie. So, I mean, b- people know what what a good movie is, I, I would like to think. I just don't know. Apparently, I apparently think people... not, because this has a 3.7 on Letterboxd, and people think that this is an incredible classic. I think, well, I think a lot of people just want to be contrarians for the sake of it and be like, oh, well, this did the matrix before the matrix and it's like not it's not even close there's a lot of shared elements but 
when you you see the movies side by side and you compare them, the Matrix is a fully fleshed out movie. Just going off the first Matrix alone, that is a fully fleshed out movie that delivers a start and an end and gives you all these different character arcs that finish within the realm of that first movie. Dark City does not give you any character arcs that finish in this movie. Gives you a fucking headache is what it gives you. It gives you Kiefer Sutherland being like, then the strangers, they came. (laughs) (laughs) Dressed like a fucking weird mad sign. Like, I also hate... He was like Mandark from Dexter's Lab. Like, yeah, yeah, literally. Like, him literally (laughs) running around in, like, a mad scientist smock with, like, the... It's just like, dude, his annoying haircut. It's like, dude, come on, man. Someone must have had some sort of dirt on him and forced him to be in this movie. That's all I got to say. Well, that's all. Yeah, I mean, that's all. That's all I have to say about this piece of shit. The dude that plays Murdoch, his name is like his actual name is Rufus Sewell. And uh, if you want to watch a really good movie that he's in, you should watch Old, the 2021 M. Night Shyamalan hit. Is it actually good or are you being sarcastic? Oh, I'm being totally facetious. The movie's oh. awesome. I've never seen it. It's so funny. That that might be a good one for the pod because that I've seen that movie like three times. God. All right. Fortunately, well, I will never watch Dark City ever again. Unfortunately, I've seen it like ten times, trying to find, trying to make it click and make it make myself understand. And it's just, it just, it can't be done. It's irredeemable. But it just right, doesn't well, give you enough. Yeah, it's it. It doesn't give you enough, and what it does give you sucks. Period. Yep. So. All right. Well. Um, thanks for uh, making it through this one. Uh, listening to us uh, talk about something we don't like, as opposed to something we do like. Um, we got two more. Um, for sure that we're doing lined up in the pipe. I don't know which one's gonna be first. And then we're going to default to it. So we, for just to give a little look behind the curtain, we have like this master list of movies that we want to do eventually. And uh, me and Dan just kind of like go back and forth being like, how about you want to do this one next? Sure. Let's do that one next. Like type vibe. So um, we have two coming up that we uh, are for sure going to do. One of them is um, my favorite movie ever. It is in my opinion, the best movie ever made. Any genre, any style, it's my absolute favorite. Um, and the other is uh, the only movie, I think, in history that's a narrative film about uh, hardcore. And uh, it's pretty bad and funny and, like, kind of cool and, like, kind of stupid. And uh, I think for that one is going to be the first uh, episode that we have a guest on as a third person to talk with us. So I'm hoping we're doing the hardcore movie because uh i've per- i've stayed away from it for my whole life and now i'm being confronted with the possibility that i have to watch it yeah well the time has come time has come uh yeah thank you anyone that's been listening don't forget about the social and send us emails and shout out to from within uh 
don't know, like when said, I don't know what movie we'll be getting into next, but I'm hoping it's the the hardcore movie. We can do that one instead next. of a good movie. You want to do that? I one don't. Next I don't want to watch. I want to stay on the roll of watching two back to back pieces of shit before we get into something like amazing that we can just fucking lose our minds over. All right, fair enough. Well, there you go. Then we're we're doing the we're doing the hardcore movie. <laughs> it, oh it boy, we're watching the Straight Edge documentary from two thousand six. Oh God. My God. Right. <laughs> well, that's uh that's it for us. S- signing off. Thanks for listening and uh see you next time. See you later.